Coming to you live from WTHI Delsey Studios in sunny Los Angeles, California, the Hush Hush Society presents Declassified Discussions with Slick Funk Sanders and the Molly Wop Band. Featuring a special guest, and here's your hosts, Mystery Mike and Declassified Dave. Thank you, thank you, Hushlings, and welcome back to the Declassified Discussions. I'm Declassified Dave, and as always, I'm joined by Mystery Mike and Slick Frock Sanders. Tonight, we are very excited to have Matt Landman, who has been a figurehead in raising public awareness surrounding 5G and geoengineering, which are serious threats to life on Earth. He is also a public speaker, filmmaker of the documentary film Frankenskies, as well as the curator of the website www.actualactivist.com and CEO of Sparrow Protective Clothing. Matt, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you all for having me. It's a pleasure. I appreciate it. How are y'all doing today? Uh, doing great. Blessed. Doing well. Tell us uh, what you have going on right now. For sure. So the activist gets to wear many hats. Uh, truth is an all-encompassing frequency, right? And you start to ride that vibration of truth and all these other truths become self-evident. So I thought I was just going to end up being a, a chemtrail activist at one point. Um, but I knew that wasn't, I ultimately knew that wasn't going to be my my final destination, my end journey. So it morphed into embracing the truth and making the website actualactivists.com, which is like a one-stop shop for truth. But especially now, I've got this clothing line, um, Sparrow, S-P-E-R-O, it's a Latin word for hope. And my Instagram handle and the website sparrowgear.com, it'll take you over to sparrowprotectionclothing.com. I've got a couple of websites that link all back to the same thing but either way i'm lining or i i make silver lined clothing that deflect radiation from 5g and 4g and wi-fi and all that and it's becoming pretty popular so for the christmas season right now i'm like actually be i'm like actually doing it i'm like the ceo of this business that i founded and it's finally thriving after like three years and I'm running ads all over the world and I'm like firsthand experiencing global lockdowns. Japan now is in a, a lockdown just like Australia and New Zealand. So you can't even mail letters over there. You have to do these overnight $70 express things even just for a letter to get to these totalitarian isolationist spots. But also I work with Asia, especially China and the supply chain, um, disruptions. And the Chinese trade war that started with Trump and is continuous, um, all these things I'm witnessing firsthand. It's amazing. And I'm, I'm working on Frankenskies 2, the sequel to my film, Frankenskies. Frankenskies 2 is titled, uh, Climate Chains, like shackles. And that's unraveling as we speak. And, um, I'm expanding my business, expanding my, my offerings as a company. We have like 30 products, but that's growing. And just looking to, you know, innovate and, you know, see, um, be innovative enough to see what's coming. There's an agenda 2030. It's kind of an evil agenda. And I like to have my own agenda 2030 to kind of buck that and to meet that, um, head on. So that involves like creating this 
protective gear that's basically like armor for the the new world, but also raising awareness in a lot of other ways. And and I'm actually where I live. There's complete duality here in Ashland, Oregon. There's so many people that are buying the whole nonsense hook, line, and sinker. And so I'm in the midst of it all. And we're creating small schools and I'm getting small businesses to come on board with the truth so we don't have to restrict our airflow to, you know, shop for groceries and all this sort of stuff. So we're creating a new world over here. It's pretty fascinating. And we have done a good job for the children. I'm, I'm very impressed with that. So we've got these little pods and little, little homeschool collectives and things. And there's a lot of opportunity for kids to not be forced into the dystopia. So that's what I'm doing. Thank you. How about you all? What's going on? I want to hear how bad it is in San Diego. Like, can you go to the OB grocery store and like have your freedom or is everywhere pretty strict? Oh, no, this is actually probably one of the most open places in the state. Oh, nice. It's pretty much at a business discretion with masks. The stickers are still on the floor, but no real regulations. You can go anywhere. There's no queues. There's a couple here and there. There might be a doctor that is like you're not allowed in without anything. But other than that, it's pretty open. Oh, that's so cool. I guess um, California is pretty confusing. I lived there for a while and some counties will surprisingly be very red. And then some places are super blue and liberal. And I guess San Diego has never been that liberal, come to think of it. So that makes sense. It's definitely an interesting place just being so close to L.A. and they have whole different restrictions. And it's a big state, lots of (laughs) different areas. So I think that confuses some people, too. Because they realize, oh, California, but in a whole very different states within the areas of the state itself. This county has been the most restrictive at times and now seems to be one of the more loose. That's very cool. I know Chico area and there's um, Redding area and Trinity County and there's a lot of pockets in Northern California where freedom is is reigning true. Um, also, surprisingly, Humboldt County and Arcata and these coastal cities that used to be really open minded, um, I guess they were pretty environmentalist oriented. And that has that like become a bait and switch to totalitarian tyranny. So things are really weird and strict in some places. And, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm in a weird, strict place, but surrounded by not so much. So it's interesting duality and in where I'm at, too. Matt, I'm just going to backtrack just a little bit back to the Sparrow clothing gear, the protective drip, as I would like to say. First off, congratulations on actualizing your business venture and really grinding to make it blow up. Not only that, but it is effective and the clothing and apparel is visually appealing. What exactly made you choose silver lining as opposed to like copper or some other alloy? So I'm pretty crazy, dude. Um, I'm like a, I'm a Scorpio. And then for the Chinese astrology, I'm a metal monkey, which is interesting because I'm metal and I'm malfashioning metal. When I first learned that there was a fabric, that fabric even existed, I had this copper fabric. I got my hands on some copper fabric and I figured I'll bring it to the people cheap. Copper's cheaper than silver. And I got this copper fabric and got on a plane and went to Asia. And I was going around Southeast Asia clothing markets, like asking people in their own native language about fabric made of copper. I'm in like after like one week in um, was like one week in in uh, Bangkok of going all around to all these markets and with this copper fabric 
called uh, Pa Tordai Tong Dang, and they grab it and they're like, Tong Dang, which means copper, you know, like fabric made of copper. So it's going around to all these markets and come to find out it's only industrialized nations. Korea, China, and Japan have the technology in the world to make this fabric for one. And so once I got out of Southeast Asia and made my way to actual Asia, I learned that I was not even reinventing the wheel. I thought I was because um, the powers that be, the telecom agencies over here, they have a bigger budget than Big Pharma. They've chosen to muddy the waters with confusion and um, hijacking the vernacular, and they just call it EMF, and it's this upside-down, friendly kind of word that nobody understands. And, and they people don't know that radiation is bad, especially the radiation coming off the phone. In Asia, they just call it radiation. You know, you try to translate EMF and cell phone this and that, and they don't, they look at you like you're crazy. But if, like, I, that was something that I had to learn. And what I learned was radiation, radiation, radiation to them. Phone radiation or radiation off of a freaking nuclear power plant. It's all radiation. It just translates to the same word. And so there's catalogs in Korea, China, and Japan, thick catalogs. Primarily for um, maternity and protecting um, for if you're trying to um, have kids. So you like men's underwear and infants especially because the infant blood-brain barrier takes like um, about 18 months to develop. And, you know, brains are mushy. Baby's brains are really susceptible at first. And children overall are very susceptible. So infants were being already being protected. And so were fetuses, unborn fetuses. And also um, men's sperm through the underwear. So there was maternity aprons, maternity wear, maternity belly bands, maternity dresses. And these thick catalogs in China and Japan and Korea. And so the catalogs, they're basically split down the middle. There's um, a bunch of clothing and uh, apparel and blankets and accessories and Faraday foam bags and whatnot with silver, the silver fabric um, that's actually soft and pretty awesome and shiny and cool and antimicrobial, antifungal, antiviral, all these things for people that are sketched out about germs nowadays, which I am not. And then and the other half of these catalogs is woven steel fabric. And the woven steel is kind of like if you've ever um, worked at a restaurant, which I think Dave might have said he worked in San Diego when we were at a restaurant when we were talking in the, um, before the show. It, when they make you super starch your shirts and the shirts are like almost cardboard, the super starched, overly starched shirts that sometimes they make you do at a restaurant, that is what the woven steel fabric feels like. It's not super comfortable. I mean, it's not super uncomfortable, but it's definitely not that comfortable. And that's Mm -hmm. what the other half of these catalogs are like. There's woven steel and woven silver. And the woven copper doesn't work. It just, um, you can't wash it. It's too conductive for one. Um, When you, if you do it enough, if you have enough copper to make it protective from the EMF radiation, then it's so conductive that it can actually build up dirty electricity on it. And you need that's all around us. That's different than EMF dirty electricity. It's like the dirty electricity out of the power lines and the sockets. And you literally, so long story short, if you have copper clothing, you have to ground it. So you'd have to have a grounding wire everywhere you go with that. With that That'd stuff. be annoying. And the other ones you don't have to ground and you can wash. And it's, um, it's actually, I thought that I was going to have to make these big decisions myself. And really I just ended up, um, kind of expanding on what was already done, which was great. It's fascinating stuff because a lot of people don't know about that. You mentioned Dirty Power. I know all about Dirty Power in my other life when I participated in music. I've been electrocuted quite a few times from 
different things and not being grounded. Can you imagine walking around with like copper underpants and you just get zapped? Like, <laughs> that'd be awful. <laughs> well, I was making copper hoodies at first and I was wearing them. I was wearing it because, you know, prototype it on yourself, of course. And I think it kind of increased my, my issues. Like I was having like heart issues. Like I think oh, I was, no. I was kind of, uh, overly experimenting on myself at that time, which is, which is fascinating. But yeah, I think that the powers that be, they censor the internet and whatnot. And so things that are common knowledge in China sometimes don't make their way over here. And then things that are common knowledge over here, vice versa, same thing. I think there's not that much of an awareness of organic food over there. And there's a lot of pesticide ridden, uh, and, and herbicide ridden food over there. And over here, at least we have um, different, you know, classifications, qualifications, and people can, you know, pick and choose if they're educated enough. But it's, it's, it's fascinating for sure. I was told in China, and I, I still can't verify this a hundred million percent, but I'm pretty sure it's like common knowledge or common, it's, it's in the common consciousness in China, which is a huge country, that it's law, that their communist government requires pregnant women, um, during the first few trimesters, or the first couple trimesters, to um, wear these aprons, wear protective maternity aprons to protect from EMF, either silver or steel, because the communist government doesn't want birth defect autistic kids born into their communist regime. They have to take care of them forever. Over here, we don't mind products for life because capitalism is a lot different than, than that government structure. So it's completely different. We don't even warn people or require or even tell them about it. And over there, they think at least that it's that the, as the law that they have to protect themselves, that if you're pregnant and you're sitting there with a laptop or a tablet or your phone, you know, especially resting on your belly, that um, you'll be not just ostracized, but but given a ticket. And definitely their social credit system, as that becomes more prevalent, that's definitely going to ding you if you're not wearing your apron. So it's pretty fascinating, if you ask me, you know, the the especially the way that the information is filtered. You know, and then the fact that it's so commonplace over there, yet we don't even know anything about it. So it's great that um, I've realized I'm not the only company. There's like about 15 of them on Earth. Uh, Defender Shield and uh, Shield X and Wave Blocker and Safe Pocket and uh, Smart and Safe and uh, Safe Sleeve and Less AMF. These are different companies that I'm competing with. I feel like that mine, my company um, competes very well and is the best in all fronts. Um, protection for sure, style for sure, affordability for sure, um, quality for sure. And I'm, I think I'm bringing it to the point where a rising tide can lift all ships, you know. I think that some competitors or people out there will see how well that I'm doing and will have some actual um, cool entries into the marketplace. I don't know. If, hopefully it's not somebody huge like Nike that will totally sell out. But I see this as the future of apparel. And this is just the very beginning, you know, I'm just getting my foot in the door and, and kind of shining the light on it and showing people that it can exist. And people still don't really grasp it or wrap their head around it. It's light that we can't see. We're protecting ourselves from light that we can't see that absorbs in our skin. You know, it's radiation. It's, I liken it to wearing a T-shirt at the beach on a crazy sunny day, if, especially if you get sunburned real bad. You know, you wear the T-shirt, you don't get burned. But that light does leak through a little bit, you know, but you don't you don't get burned, period. And that's the same thing with my silver apparel. Like instead of that cell tower or your phone emitting radiation that absorbs into your skin and shows symptoms over time, or even that day, if you have heart palpitation issues or whatever, 
you don't absorb enough. I mean, it, it eliminates like 99% of that light, just like the T-shirt does. And if you can grasp that and wrap your head around that and understand that we're around a soup of invisible light, radiation that we can't see that our bodies absorb thinking that it's light because we're designed to absorb light for vitamin D and for our endocrine system and for our biological system, our circadian clock and all that stuff. Like a lot of our hormones and chemicals that our body produces, it's all based on this clock that is set by the sun. Literally, and when when our bodies think it's noon because the sun is really bright, then our bodies calibrate that. When the sun sets, our bodies calibrate it, and when it's dark, our bodies calibrate it. And like five hours after sunset, our bodies produce certain cortisols and certain dopamine precursors, melatonin, serotonin. And it's a very complex, finely tuned clock. And to throw it off, it can really you know be detrimental. People can experience things like uh, depression or bad sleep, or whatever it may be, but it's because we're, we're exposing ourselves to light that our body actually thinks is light. You know, it's just light that we can't see. So if you're around your Wi-Fi router all night long or something like that, your body's never going to get into a deep sleep. LED lights, I know San Diego has a lot of these LED lights, and I re- highly recommend blackout light curtains. It could actually save your life, these blackout um, curtains. They put up these LED street lamps, LED stands for light emitting diode and what it's emitting is blue light and it's flickering it, right? It's, um, these are LED street lamps that actually flicker the blue light. The, the reason why they're so green and, and California loves LED and everyone loves LED. The reason why they're so green and efficient is because they're off half the time. So they're flickering on and off like 10,000 times per second and we cannot see that they're off half the time because it flashes so fast, but that disrupts our endocrine system, our neurological system, our, our, you know, our brain, everything, our bodies know that it's flickering. And then what's it flickering? It's flickering blue light, which is so close on the spectrum to ultraviolet. Um, our, our, our eyes see red, orange, yellow, blue, indigo, violet, Roy G. Biv, those colors in the rainbow. And it's based on the size of the light waves and nanometers and the size of our retinas and our eyes and the refraction how much we can see is based on all measurements so slightly larger waves of light you find infrared and we cannot see infrared but it's all around us slightly smaller than roy g biv is ultraviolet and we cannot see ultraviolet but it's all around us the color of ultraviolet light and ultraviolet light is in sunlight and if we're exposed to this color of light like ultraviolet we think we're in sunlight and ultraviolet is right next to um, blue light on the color spectrum. So all this time that we're exposing ourselves to blue light, blue light on our screens, blue light on our TVs, blue light on these LED street lamps, our bodies, our brains, our entire system, our hormonal system, endocrine system, our circadian clocks, everything in our body thinks we're in bright, bright sunlight. And the only way for it to understand it is to calibrate and calculate to think that we're in, it's, it's high noon, that it's noon, it's in the middle of the day. So these street lamps and all these things and also Wi-Fi, this radiation, it's, it's a similar analogy. This light, our bodies don't know how to ca- calculate it and think that we're in bright light. But especially the blue light and these LED street lamps, you know, people don't really grasp what it's doing to you. I would wake up in the middle of the night and think my body would tell me that it's morning. And I'd open up the blind and there was that street lamp and it'd be like 3 a.m. And I couldn't grasp it until I did the research and totally got down to the nitty gritty and understood what was going on, got the blackout curtains and it changed my life but just 
planting that seed to understand those simple things, especially for teens. Teens have these screens and devices glued to their faces. The education is not there, especially about blue light. You can get blue light filters on your device. It's just a free app. Some of the phones are built with it. And then they sleep with the phones next to them in the bed. So it's a constant bombardment of radiation that our body thinks is light. And then we look at the screen, which is blue light, and our body thinks it's sunlight. And at the end of the day, we're not getting enough sunlight because of chemtrails, geoengineering, you know, the Franken skies, which we can talk about. And it's a slow, slippery slope to seemingly transhumanism or something one generation at a time. You're absolutely blowing my mind over here. And yes. what, what's <laughs> disturbing about that is that we mentioned that this should be common knowledge. This should be something that people are publicly aware of. What is your opinion on the informational gap between countries like China and the U.S., for example? Oh, it's very well planned out one generation at a time, uh, like Club of Rome and Tavistock Institute. And I mean, you name it, these think tanks come together and even like the Bush administration and Reagan administration, they came in. I remember um, Ronald Reagan's wife and was it Nancy Reagan and then George Bush's wife, whatever her name was. Um, they both came in and like pulled different books and revamped and changed out the public education system. They know they're, they know exactly what they're doing. In a deep way, they've got kids putting their hands on their heart and swearing an oath to the flag. The kids don't even know the words that they're saying as they, you know, mind control brainwash themselves. So it's, it's very well calculated. The public school system is a finely tuned, well oiled indoctrination machine. And when I got through that and I'd worked 40 freaking jobs and I got a master's in business finally and I was 35 years old, I graduated top of my class with an MBA and I'd gotten a Bachelor's of Science from Virginia Tech in Marketing Management. And then I went to Cal State University of Humboldt and got a master's in business. And I'd worked all these different jobs. And the education doesn't even matter. It's kind of an indoctrination or whatever. But my point was that I thought that I knew everything, right? And this is what they do in the the public education system. And this whole um, Edward Bernays, who's Sigmund Freud's nephew, he convinced the American public to trust the specialist. So everyone gets their degree in a little compartmentalized you know, area, and then they pass the authority to someone else to trust them to think something else about something else. So it's like, oh, I'm not a rocket scientist. Oh, I'm not a dentist. The dentist tells me to drink the fluoride, and I just do it because he says so. You know, it's like they people would rather take authority as the truth than truth as the authority. Mm-hmm. But at the end, but at the end of the day, it's up to us to snap out of it. So for me, after I gotten out of all of this schooling, and I got I got a job in finance after that, and I got out of that, and I finally got a job on a farm. And at the age of, well, maybe I was like 34 then, doesn't even matter. I thought I knew everything. And day one on the farm, I learned that potatoes grow potatoes. It was a potato farm and we were growing organic squash and corn and all this stuff. And I'd seen potatoes trying to grow in my uh, pantry as a kid. And then we threw them away because they were bad. These eyes are growing out of the potato, they called them. And I had a yard. We could have easily thrown the potato in the grass and the, I mean, in the dirt. And I've seen what potatoes do in the dirt now. They grow crazy amount of potatoes. They grow hell of potatoes. It's unreal what a potato does. It's a whole root system of potatoes. Um, just like how a, a mushroom would grow. And there's all of this like mycelia under the ground. There's this whole network of potatoes that grow in the ground and they don't even need water. It's called dry farming. The potatoes just grow. And you can keep piling dirt on top. They don't even need sunlight. You know, they don't even need sun. They don't need sun. They don't need anything. They just keep growing. 
And this alone was something that I was never taught in all of my schooling. And I had to work on an organic farm to realize it. And you better believe that, like, these poor Chinese farmers know that potatoes grow potatoes. You know what I'm saying? The Incans, the ancient Incans um, in the uh, in Andes Mountains in, Ch- in Chile, in Chile, um, they bred for generations. They bred and bred and bred the poison out of the potato. It was a nightshade. It was a nightshade that was toxic. And they realized it was so abundant and so prevalent and could grow at all these altitudes under all these crazy conditions that they needed to just continuously selective breed it. If you learn about that, it's amazing. Like, how do we get uh, cauliflower, like the Romanesca or whatever, that's all geometric and stuff like that, or orange cauliflower that they call cheddar, or any of these beautiful uh, fruits and vegetables that we get. It's not through genetic engineering. It's through selective breeding. So like the cauliflower, you just keep getting the orange ones and breeding them together and finding the orange ones and breeding them together. And then finally you get some amazing orange one. You take those seeds and you keep having orange cauliflower just like that for other things, you know, but I never knew. No one ever knew. I never knew any of this stuff. And it's, and the fact that the potatoes are so abundant and almost all the world knows about it, except for I didn't know about it. You know, I had to work on a farm to learn about it. And that's the power. They, they have the power. We, are in there in, in shop class as men, you know, as growing um, adolescent men. That we're in shop class and the, and the women are in home ec. And what, we're learning how to saw some bandsaw that we'll never have access to again. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, what did I, built some, like, candle holder in a birdhouse? I'll never do that again. It never mattered. Like, that was my hands-on learning when I should have been learning anatomy. I should have been learning credit scores and how to not bankrupt myself like when i got out of when i went into college when i was 18 i already had like 20 credit cards because they were lined up at my university offering me all this shit and i had no education to understand any of it you know what i mean there's so many things that were kept from and indoctrinated about including astrology and all these sort of things and 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 then all the things that are that really matter you know like like take care of ourselves like understanding health Reading ingredients on food, understanding what alkaline and acidic is and knowing the world that we live in, getting grounded and all of these things. Like, like even being aware of the hydrological system and what the F a chemtrail is versus a real cloud and stuff. All of these things are kept from us. We're just spoon fed this program. Of what, like, okay, calculus. I took calculus, you guys. Come on. You know, I don't even know where my appendix is in my body, in my body. <laughs> I don't even know where the F my appendix is. But I took trig, I took geometry, I took calculus. Why? Why? Because they said I had to get good grades to get into a good college. I would have gotten into the college with good grades in other classes. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's totally backwards nonsense. I'm, I'm just, I can't even get over it. But the answer to your question is because we're controlled and to such a degree that if they wanted to, they would empower us with simple truths, like, like how abundant things are. For instance, I think it's fascinating that if you went into um, the ghetto of wherever you live. Okay, so for instance, Dave lives in San Diego. If you went to University Heights with a little hood and you, tra- you talk to like some people who weren't super educated, ask them how many varieties of lemon exist or how many varieties of orange exist. Like the fact that, that there's or even apples, they might think that there's like five types of apples. There's thousands and thousands and th- like 20,000 types of apples on Earth. Okay. There's hundreds of types of oranges and I'm 
at the age of now 41, and I'm only now understanding and learning that there's multiple varieties of freaking lemons out there. That's how myopic and little my world was that was created for me to to live in. We live in complete abundance, okay? And we're told all of these lies to keep us compartmentalized and enslaved and thinking that we can't rise above any of it because, you know, how could I grow my own food or how could I break out of this and think for myself and how could I not drink the fluoride or, or whatever it may be. I mean, there's so many things that are so empowering just by learning them. Okay. One more thing and then I'll pass the, the mic to you guys. I just read in this book, um, I'm collecting all these books because I'm afraid of, uh, what may happen if they try to like, I think like the word Kindle, it's kindling. You know, they're digitizing books and then they might just, you know, do a digital book burning. So I'm doing my best to make a cool little library in my um, company now that I have a company and I've been buying the crap out of books and I love it because I've always been broke <laughs> and I've never had money for books, you know, but now I'm actually um, finding books and I bought this one, Conversations with the Aluminum Atom. This book is so empowering because the doctor is 100% convinced that all uh, breast cancer patients, all of the breast cancer comes from, drum roll, aluminum deodorant. So you put aluminum in your pores, in your armpits, when you're supposed to be having clear pores to detox things like aluminum. So you clog your pores with aluminum, all right? And then that aluminum is pretty toxic, actually, and it'll pool in areas like your lymph nodes and your breast, okay? And then you go and get on your smartphone and even maybe put your smartphone in your bra. But even if you have your smartphone in your hand, it's close enough that you're microwaving with your phone, you're microwaving the pooled aluminum that's in your breast. That's 100% how you get people get breast cancer. And it makes so much sense. You know, it just makes complete and total sense and just a little bit of empowerment and detox. And then we've empowered ourselves, you know, to rise above that one. And then there's all these other ones that we do the same kind of thing with. We pick them apart, we rise above it, and the rest is history. Real quick, I want to ask one question about the breast cancer. How long has aluminum been put in deodorant? Uh, that's a great question. Um, sometimes these things get put in and pulled out, and, and we don't even really realize what's going on. Uh, there's one, for instance, like lead in paint. Um, lead in paint was also lead in gasoline. So when you went to the pump, it said leaded gasoline, and you would pump your car and fill it with leaded gasoline and the petroleum industry knew that they were making kids sick and the telecom agencies knew that we had to get rid of lead-based paint or people would be able to protect themselves from 5g and that 5g network wouldn't even work because of the paint it would stop and shield that um, signal from getting in okay so they pulled a little tri trickery on us said that kids were eating paint changed the gasoline over to unleaded didn't say a word and then got rid of the paint and said it was um, the paint people's fault. So I'm looking it up right now. How long has aluminum been in deodorant? Um, usually it's pretty easy. And uh, 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 1903. <laughs> okay, so that makes quite quite a bit. Of Yikes! No, I I wonder what the. Not to discredit what you said, it seems completely believable and I buy into it a hundred percent, but I wonder what the breast cancer rates look like pre-1903 or whenever they started putting aluminum in deodorant compared to like the past century and a half. I don't buy, I don't buy anything that anybody says. Um, I don't, 
take anything as I take everything as a you know grain of salt, but I add it to my arsenal. And then what I do is I pick it apart. Like I totally, I um, it's 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 all like scientific process for me. Like I'll I'll try to disprove it. I'll try my hardest. And then if it's unable to be disproven, then I'll keep on going. You know. But um, like that's like the chemtrails, you know, I tried to give the chemtrails the benefit of the doubt, but then inevitably I devoted my life to exposing it because it was pure evil. <laughs> I'd like to actually talk about that a little bit. I've seen your film, Franken's Guys, and can you, in your own words, describe some of that? And then also because of the, the biggest premise is chemtrails and geoengineering for some of our listeners might not know what that is. Can you elaborate on that for us? Oh yeah, for sure. I made a movie called Franken Skies, like Frankenstein, but Skies. Um, check it out, please. I got my YouTube channel pulled, but it's very much available everywhere. Uh, Vimeo, BitChute, you name it. And it's also on Frankenskies.com. It's the film, in my opinion, is the best documentary. I mean, it's, I'm a filmmaker. It's the best documentary I've ever seen. I think it's the best movie ever, but that's, I'm, I'm definitely biased. The film starts in 1921. And it goes through the historical chronological timeline of weather engineering, weather modification history, and then AKA, well, they use chemtrails to, to do weather modification. And then ultimately when it gets to modern day and then it gets to, um, 2015 when I was started filming the movie and then 2016, 17 is, is the footage that I got. I, from, you know, me make making the movie but it takes it has to get to modern day in the chronological timeline to even show my footage but once it gets there it's it's showing um geoengineering basically it's the weather modification had evolved into the 90s and then finally becomes geoengineering which is this idea that we need to spray chemicals from jets aerosolized chemicals probably aluminum they say, um, aka chemtrails, sprayed from jets to block the sun for our own benefit to slow down um, or stop global warming, aka climate change, aka total total lies and fabrications because that doesn't need to happen because it's not even real. So the fact that it's not real is is hard for people to palate or grasp um, if they don't have the knowledge or the history of the background. So first you got to watch Franken's guys to pick up on some of it. And then there's a lot of more research after you watch that because there's so many rabbit holes that it opens up. But the main, the main story is that all of the weather um, events like crazy fires or hurricanes or drought that they're calling climate change. And then the global warming say heat waves and what have you. These are, all is a crazy word, but mostly all of these events are all being engineered through the ongoing chemtrail program that's already happening. So it's a very classic Hegelian dialectic problem reaction solution where the problem is creating the issue and then they're pitching us the problem as the solution. So they've been spraying crazy chemtrails at least since the 90s, but they've been per- sharpening their tool and perfecting their weapon for a century and now that they can totally create heat waves and all this with their tools by spraying aluminum and mixing it with barium and strontium and then zapping it with ground-based stations that intersect radio waves in the atmosphere, Tesla technology known as HARP, H-A-A-R-P, the highly, highly active auroral research program, 
Um, but that's been shrunk down into these like big golf ball looking devices that are on hillsides and ships. They call it next ride and Doppler. And they say they're predicting the weather, but they're actually controlling the weather with these things. And what they do is they, they pick a focal point in the atmosphere that could be even a hundred square miles. I mean, they pick a point in the atmosphere, then they spray it with jets and drones and planes and what have you to mix these chemicals in the sky, which that already is causing chemical reactions and doing gnarly stuff. And then they, they zap the sky by intersecting radio waves, which is what a microwave does. Microwave intersects microwave radio waves and the food, water and the food oscillates and heats up. Similar situation by zapping these metallic skies and they can heat the sky to the near the temperature of the sun. So they create these crazy high pressure heat waves, make hurricanes even worse, make thunderstorms, make tornadoes, uh, make drought, steer jet streams, um, bend jet streams to like slam on Texas with ice storms like they did earlier this year, all sorts of things, um, or even make windstorms on top of fires instead of seeding clouds and making rain on top of fires. There is the technology to seed, make rain, to seed clouds, making rain. In the movie, the Vietnamese war, um, we made floods over Ho Chi Minh Trail. Uh, Operation Project Popeye was called, and the whole of the world knew that the U.S. was engineering the weather. And they came together, the United Nations, and voted uh, like 60 countries to zero. No weather warfare, otherwise the whole world would go crazy. But you could experiment with weather warfare on your own population, which is ongoing. But aluminum oxide is a patented fire accelerant. Barium salts are patented fire accelerants. And these two chemicals are being sprayed on our forests, sprayed on these fires as they're going, Windstorms are being geoengineered on top of fires instead of rain being created on top of these fires. And then all the while they say, oh, global warming, climate change, we've got to do something. I think we need a geoengineer, which geoengineering is, again, spraying the skies with these metals to supposedly dim the sun and slow down the heating of the planet from the sun. But what that will actually do is what I'm thinking is what it does do already is it creates a greenhouse effect. It traps in heat. I mean, it's a no-brainer. So what they'll do is convince us that we need this thing, and they'll start doing it publicly, which they've already been hinting at it, and they're, and they're trying to do this experiment to show the world that they can do it um, effectively. They're, they're trying to do it out of Tucson, Arizona, in 2018. And I went down there with some activists and had a conference and a protest and a concert, had a protest on Mother's Day for Mother Earth and the whole of Tucson, Arizona knew that this experiment was going to happen and the experiment got put on hiatus for a few years. Now it's rearing its ugly head in Sweden. This um, Sweden in May of 2022, next year, the experiment's supposed to happen to dim the sun. And if it works, which it will, because they've already figured out how to do it, then they'll say, okay, we need to do this everywhere to save us. And we're all going to be living this nightmare together. And I think that they're going to do a bait and switch and have us do climate change, global warming lockdowns and all that all through lies of saying that the planet's messed up because of us, and then the new world order will really show itself, and we may not be able to come out of our houses because of the the lies, really. You know, it's all it's all so weird and fabricated and well put together that people can't really see the lies right in their face at this point. While we're on the subject of weather modification, I'd like to bring it to Hurricane Katrina and the natural disaster that happened in Haiti. Do you think that these two incidences or any other large catastrophe was orchestrated and intentional? 
Definitely. Um, when you learn about, well, in, in the movie Franken Skies, the, um, Chavez, Hugo Chavez, the president or dictator, or whatever, Venezuela, he accuses the U.S. of using their harp technology because what you do with the harp is you can point it at the sky and intersect radio waves and heat the sky, but you can also point it at the fault lines and make earthquakes. It's well documented. I believe it happened in Haiti. I believe it happened in Fukushima, and it could very easily happen again. I think that's one of the New World Order plays is to make a bunch of earthquakes, create some havoc on Earth and North America, especially maybe make some volcanoes go, and and then and then doing the cleanup, they'll be able to build their smart cities and really do what they want. So that's something. And yes, Katrina, they could have. Um, Katrina, they made way bigger. Um, there was the HAMP program was going on then, the Hurricane Atmospheric Modification Program, HAMP. And what they did to Hurricane Katrina is they administered black soot carbon, aerosolized with drones, sprayed it on the inner eye wall and increased the strength and power of that hurricane to, to like magnified it. Um, they could have quelled it very easily. They can disrupt these things. They exacerbated it and flooded, they, they literally flooded the city. And at the time, I never knew that Trump was going to be the president, but at the time I was wondering, like, why is Trump buying up all this flooded land? He's going to build casinos or whatever. But those elite, they know what's up, and they get, you know, downtown New Orleans property for pennies on the dollar during these disasters. And, you know, it's kind of the game that they play. And, I, and all the while saying, oh, natural disasters, we got to do more. We got to climate change. and the media, you know, says the word climate change another one million times and everyone gets propagated into the fear even deeper entrenched. And, you know, a couple of years down the line, they'll introduce the word geoengineering and everyone will be gobbling it up because it sounds so exciting and fancy, although it's actually our own demise. Absolutely frightening. <laughs> that was that was one of the biggest things that I've always thought was especially living in California with the fires, you know, I'm nowhere near any of the major fires that have happened in the last couple of years. Why, why are these fires worse and worse? And then being from the Northeast of the United States, dealing with earlier storms, there was the, I believe they blamed it on a, a coronal mass ejection in 2003. There was the major blackout all the way from Toronto, basically to DC or something like that. And then major earthquake event that happened in 2000, was it 2011? You know, all these small little things that, I mean, there are normal processes, like there's fault lines in that parts of the Appalachian Mountains. Going back to what we're taught in school, a lot of people don't get taught stuff like that. For example, making a large event, especially when it comes to earthquakes, like you mentioned, here in California, a lot of people, even that are born and raised in California, not to freak anybody out, there's m multiple super volcanoes. And volcanoes everywhere. I didn't know how many volcanoes were dotted across just San Diego and Los Angeles County. Whether they're extinct or not, they're there. And on top of the San Andreas and all the major sub-fractures that are around California, we're brewing a, a real shitty pot. Well, one thing that I'm always curious about is every time I drive from L.A. to San Diego, there's that huge nuclear power plant right on the coast there. And I've, I've, what's, what's that one called? I've, San, San Onofre. 
They're actually and, decommissioning it and taking it apart at the moment. That's what oh, they're are they? saying. Is that what they're saying? How do you decommission a nuclear reaction? You can't really exactly. stop that. Um, either, either way, that San Onofre, that one, um, or however you say that, that one can only withstand like a, I've, I've read about this. It can only withstand like a 7.2 or something like that. Or, and if a tsunami, it's right on the coast. It's you know? on, yeah, if anybody's driven on, the five freeway we call it the titties or the boobs when you're going back and forth from camp pendleton from orange county to san diego you're like oh i'm at the titties that's that's where you're at it's going to be sad when they're gone but they're a terrible thing because the kill zone is massive for that power plant when it comes to people might feel safe because it's near a military base laguna beach and all the glitz and glam of orange county is right there and all of northern san diego county is right there as well I think that's something that a lot of people just pass by and go, oh, that's that's fun. Well, I've thought about it, and this Klaus Schwab and his whole you will own nothing and you will like it, and he, and there's this whole Agenda 2030, and he seems to be this New World Order potential dictator that we're going to end up with. Like, how could we possibly go there and get there? You know, I try to put myself in these evil sociopaths' shoes when they're in their boardroom think tanks and they need a one world disaster. Yeah, this nonsense recently was something, it was something, but still it's not enough to dismantle every single government and have us under one regime. But a unifying factor like uh, global tectonic events or, I mean, you know, what they could do is just say um, through their CGI and um, what's it called? They have a chemtrail hologram program called Project Bluebeam. If they just simulated an asteroid, which they've been kind of like pretending like we might get hit with an asteroid. If they simulated an asteroid like hitting Siberia or somewhere in the middle of nowhere, but then turned on their harp and cranked it up and had tectonic events everywhere, then the New World Order could come together with the White Hats, the UN or whatever, and create some like, um, temporary, quote unquote, you know, that word's never what it seems, temporary regime, global regime to do the cleanup, to, to help build, rebuild, because so many countries got devastated by this crazy earthquakes that they all, you know, plan, of course. And then in the buildup, it'll be Klaus Schwab and he'll be the leader and we will own nothing and be happy because how we're going to get there, I have no idea. But I think we do need some sort of global um, trigger event. I don't think that this, um, you know, pandemic was it. I think that we're getting um, the deck of cards or the dominoes are getting lined up for something else. And the stars are aligning for a revolution of consciousness and a revolution of, you know, maybe even a American revolution change of the uh, finally a change of hands of, in the government. And they know that. And so they're going to steer that energy into a civil war, I think, a race war. But at the same time, they might have to pull their card of, of making a bunch of earthquakes. We'll see. We'll be living it. We're here. We're here. We're in it to win it. So I'm excited to see what they try to pull. And the more weird darkness that they try to pull off, the more people wake up. So it's a, it's like a foot in their mouth, double edged sword. Um, I think that they've already screwed up with the route that the powers that be have taken. So I'm looking forward to it, even though it might get really weird and dark at first. We'll have to just suit, you know, Rise above.
Just want to let you know, I haven't heard that iteration of Project Bluebeam before. I've heard a couple of different variations of Project Bluebeam, and that one hasn't come up before, and I've got to say that's probably the most realistic and the most terrifying iteration of it that I've heard. It's a bit out of left field, but do you think you could give us your insight on CIA experiments such as frequency programming, as well as other experiments of that nature that are carried out on us citizens? Well, what the fact, well, yeah, well, okay, first of all, definitely happening. And to understand the susceptibility, um, the malleability, um, how vulnerable our minds are, I encourage people to learn about binaural beats. Binaural beats, um, you can manipulate your brain waves just through headphones, and each headphone has a different uh, frequency, hertz frequency, and your brain will calculate the differential and put itself into that um, differential brain wave. So frequency. So say one headphone is at 30 hertz and the other headphone is at 18 hertz. The difference between 30 and 18 hertz is 12 hertz. So our brain would go into 12 hertz, which I believe is in a theta brainwave state of relaxation, meditation, and when we're in a nice deep sleep. And then you can purposely put yourself in that brainwave state. That being said, we can be put in certain brainwave states just during a Zoom meeting through silent audio attacks, like frequency attacks through our headphones, through our um, cell phones. There's so many different devices being put up, like cell towers and small cells and 5G network that at the flip of a switch, they can make people agitated. We wouldn't even know it. They can, I mean, Edward Bernays said it himself that he can engineer and manifest the wills of the public, like literally create their tastes and desires. And the powers that be know what they're doing. They've implanted crystals into these phones, quartz crystals in in the phones. And you're looking at a very advanced device while showing your retina reaction and how your pupils dilate. And you're literally giving it information when you say happy and sad and whatnot to the Facebook algorithm while you're happy and sad. And it's learning, you know, it's learning how to manipulate us. And they, they will literally spray certain chemicals. Dick Gregory, an African American activist in the United States, rest in peace. He was calling out the government, um, for spraying aerosolized manganese on the black ghettos. And once that crap hit the ground level, everyone was violent. Manganese makes everyone violent. Also in the Oregon coast, there's a researcher, Ann Fillmore. She's been um, getting these plumes of pink haze coming off of the coast in Oregon and analyzing them. And they're chock full of uh, lithium. And lithium is just chilling people out and making people docile. So they they do, and then you see Havana, there's these um, uh, audio uh, harassment attacks in Havana, and that's being disclosed that these diplomats were actually attacked with uh, frequency warfare. It's real. I've been subject to stuff myself that's beyond, um, I mean, there's patents that exist, <laughs> but I, I'd, if I told you it would sound crazy, but for sure... There are all sorts of weapons being created. I think a lot of it has to do with the resonance that we are in. If we're in fear, we're susceptible to being victimized with all sorts of stuff. But if we rise above it and we're empowered in truth and love and in our high vibration, these frequency devices that are bred out of evil, so they're on a lower vibration kind of thing, they don't impact us, I don't feel. 
there's there's a there's true power in authenticity and honoring our sovereignty and really rising above these things. So as that tech gets more real, we have to kind of evolve out of it and and step above it, in my opinion. But yeah, the more these towers are put everywhere, the more they can manipulate these these um subtle frequencies. I mean, just in some movies, like we watched the movie Ready Player One the other day, and and at the end of it, uh, my girlfriend's ten year old who never gets headaches and watches all sorts of anime and stuff, her she could not sleep, her brain was hurting so bad, and I know that there's subliminal programming in these freaking movies for the youth, especially these certain like new movies like that. I try to lay down right afterwards, and my head is spinning from it all. Like there's literal suggestive stuff and frequency control all throughout because they're afraid of us waking up and they have to implant these things everywhere they can. And it's in Hollywood and through the frequency control mechanisms like the devices that we're all surrounded by. I'm glad you brought that up because recently the Astro World thing where we were talking about how there was low and high pitch frequencies that were playing for hours before the show that people might not really be able to pick up on hidden in the actual ambient music that's in the background. We also talk a lot in our first season about MK Ultra and all of the experiments that were done with the CIA. Do you think that the program that's active now is still similar or an extension or a branch of that original program? Well, yeah, NASA and the MK Ultra program all happened, um, all started right after World War II when thousands of war criminal Nazis were escorted over here and given all these amazing jobs to enslave us, essentially. I don't think that war ever ended. I think it just got covert and slowed down, and that slow game is really getting to us now as the next generation is looking to be turned into robots and whatnot. The MK Ultra never stopped. That was what television television's all about, that there's embedded frequencies and yeah the astral world these these frequencies that we cannot hear are extremely um important to understand because they 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 can actually impact us in a in a very severe way the um i think that the best thing that we can do is distance ourselves from our tech and unplugged recharge learn about grounding and when we are absent from our technology and in nature that's the way that we're supposed to feel you know, I see so many people get spun out on fear and fear can be so contagious. Uh, it's, it's something else. So I try to tell my friends to stay away from LSD. I mean, mushrooms are super nice. You know, you don't need to go down. You really don't need to drop acid in this day and age. And the fact that the CIA created this, and if you learn about Operation Midnight Climax, it started in San Francisco, CIA officials, our government officials, would hire prostitutes to go find men, Johns, that were like drunk at the bar, take them back, and with um, those mirrors that you can only see, one-way mirrors, the CIA officials would watch as these prostitutes dosed innocent civilians with high levels of LSD and then had like orgies with them. And Operation Midnight Climax went on for years where they studied the impacts of people's brains. And what LSD ended up being discovered is how open it makes us. We're so much more easily impressionable and programmed 
through different MK Ultra things when we're open like that, so open, especially on LSD. I know people that were on the Grateful Dead tour, and there was this one show where Jerry Garcia wasn't even there, and the CIA went and gave out all this specific acid and had this crazy light show with subliminal and flashing lights and all this, and a whole concert full of people got completely brainwashed. And I think they're still suffering from it today, like some serious, um, weird, childlike tendency breakdowns where they can't necessarily be um, activists or buck the government or anything like that. These things are so layered. Our subconscious is, is incredibly powerful. We are like supercomputers and we absorb what we're given and we process it in the background. And these control mechanisms are so advanced that we don't understand it completely. I was watching the the show Stranger Things, which is interesting. They demonize the Department of Energy. The Department of Energy is actually pretty freaking evil. They have a whole chemtrail program. So that's like hidden in plain sight, but trying to make people think that it's a joke. And, you know, how could you, you know, the truth is often if they show it to you right in your face, then it's hard to bring it to people because then they have that first notion that it's, you know, nonsense or whatever. But I'm watching Stranger Things, like the end of the first season, and this child was putting this like device on his head, this electrode device on his head um, for some mind control thing. And literally my head hurt so bad and I could feel this music. There's something embedded in the music. I try to stay away from certain mainstream things, but that had something embedded in it. It made my head hurt in the front and then in the middle and in the back while they were putting on the thing on the kid's head. And there was something, you know, subliminal and subtle I don't know what it is exactly. I think a lot of us is just to pacify us. A lot of us is a lot of it is to um, make us less aggressive and, and docile to make men more feminine, um, more like, you know, um, not fighting the government is really what they want. So it's, it's a long game and they're doing a great job. And, and now they've got kids right where they want them and the kids are being exposed to so much different stuff and instead of drilling them and asking them what they want to be when they grow up they're literally asking them what sex they want to be now i mean if that's not if that doesn't confuse people and not want them to you know buck the system and rise to re- revolt against a totalitarian regime i don't know what would you know that's some heavy shit <laughs> to, to put it blatantly that's some, that's heavy, some heavy shit <laughs> and i think i gotta pay more attention to things like that if i am watching something extremely popular something new something mainstream really really take into account how it's making my body feel what i'm thinking because that doesn't really come to mind when i'm watching things like that but it should i, I should keep that in mind we are about to have our our 40th debriefing and we're we're going to be covering agenda 21 some of our listeners aren't aware of what that may be. The cabal, or you could say the NWO even, is going to try to depopulate the planet by 90%, and the UN is in on it, including the USA, allegedly. What do you think about Agenda 21? Well, it seems like they want to get us into a global lockdown. It's going to be a bait and switch from the last lockdown, and People will now know what a lockdown even is. And the next lockdown is going to last a lot longer and it's going to involve geoengineering and probably showing up at your doorstep to make sure you've got the recent inoculation. But it's going to be a weird slippery slope to get us to where, to get us to there. 
I think it starts with these lockdowns and, and locking the kids up more and more until like the streets are like ghost towns and we've got cameras on each corner making sure nobody has a fever. This, the technocracy has only just now reared its ugly head and what they want to do is divide us first. They're doing a good job and then eventually turn us on each other and perpetuate that. But ultimately I think that their agenda is going to require like what they want for the agenda 2050, they say is everyone's in their home all the time, all the time. And then they have an avatar that goes out in the world, like a cyborg that they direct around. And then it does their shopping and stuff like that. So to get us to that point, everyone needs to be really shook up about the world being, you know, cruel and scary and virus ridden and dangerous and toxic. And then they'll be okay with, with a weird dystopia like that. But only the elite will be able to afford that crap. Most of us will just be locked in our houses, you know. And, and then those of us that have to go out in the world will be shopping with cyborgs. You know, we'll be, we'll be in an environment where, you know, it's not going to be, um, good for humanity. So now that we do have our humanity, I encourage everyone to honor that, you know, human for life. Don't get the implant. Don't get the bionic arm or eye or whatever it may be. Even if Elon Musk tells you you get to go to Mars. Because guess what? You're probably not going to Mars. You're just going to get an implant in your brain saying that you went there, just like Total Recall and whatnot. So honor your humanity and know that we all bleed red. And when the opportunity comes, buck all that. I swear, I think there should be towns that just say no, cities that just say no, states that just say no. And literally, what are they going to do? You know, they can't go everywhere and tell everyone to lock in their homes. They don't have the resources. That was the one thing that I think everybody was talking about after a couple weeks in the lockdown of early 2020 was how long is this going to last and is it going to get to a point? Cause myself went down the route of, well, I'm in a military city. They have the resources, at least in this city to knock on everybody's door, but on a full level, like you're just saying on a full country, especially our country, it'd be very difficult for them to do that. It was wondering cause we were, we were in lockdown here. I would say from, St. Patrick's Day until about mid-June. It was a quite a bit of time where you could, if you weren't going to an essential place like a grocery store or a doctor's office, you could get a ticket. And that's what I meant earlier about San Diego being completely in restrictive purpose to tour now where you're like, do I need a mask? No, no. One question that I have that has to do with our current situation, the things with the vaccines and COVID-19 and the link to 5G. Can you elaborate a little bit on that for our listeners that might not know some of the information that is being unpacked in the past year or so? Uh, well, there's a big connection between uh, 5G and COVID and also a big connection between COVID and the, the chemtrails. The chemtrails tend to fall out of the sky and they don't stick to the sky as well. But if you can microwave them and get them to elevate, you can actually metallicize the air at the ground level, make it more conductive. And then the Internet of Things, self-driving cars, um, robots everywhere, all of that will start to work a lot better, especially when we when we are ourselves aluminum ridden and antennas as well. You know, the more conductivity, the better. Chop down all the trees in the cities, get rid of everything that can block this microwave signal and then propagate it through an aluminum um, aerosolized sky. That helps. Also, if you've got this ground-based network of all these antennas, they can actually help with the steering of the weather, too. You know, they can um, microwave different portions of the sky. 
in conjunction with the chemtrails, and they do already. They already do um, are an integrated um, portion of the hydrological system that's controlled along with power plants that emit plumes of moisture, these moisture clouds that are going out of power plants. Those are all put into the system and regulated and different chemicals are put in these clouds. And like the entire hydrological system in the United States or North America or the world really is, is essentially completely controlled. I mean, if you get sunlight or rain nowadays, it is because somebody decided you're going to get that. You know, it's unreal. So the connection is just like all of it. It's this octopus of control where it's all inter interwoven. I mean, you get the aluminum in your body from the jab or from your deodorant or your food or from the, the air aerosols. And then slowly but surely, you got a 5G antenna everywhere with a 5G phone that propagates the wave. You know, these 5G phones or 5G capable phones or 4G LTE, 4G LTE stands for long-term evolution. These phones are all basically small cell towers now in this mesh system pushing the 5G signal around. So they're emitting a signal that's like a hundred times stronger than it was a couple of years ago. And then people are having symptoms like losing their hair or loss of taste and all these symptoms that are actually radiation sickness symptoms. But, you know, no one's going to be willing to admit that their beautiful smartphone is giving them uh, ailment. They much rather blame a bioweapon from Wuhan or something like that. But I, I have the proof is in the pudding. I've got these Faraday foam bags and they stopped working in March of 2020. And I had to double line them and then triple line them. And now they're beefed up enough to withstand the blasting frequency from these phones. But people were really happy with their phone bags. And all of a sudden, after a couple of years, the phone was just ringing through these Faraday phone bags when before it would just silence and kill the phone while they're sleeping or whatever, out on a date or whatever it is. And I had to modify and innovate and adjust. But what happened there, you know, and how did it happen on March 2020 when everybody started showing these symptoms, you know, that are very much corollary to radiation sickness symptoms, low-level radiation sickness symptoms. And so I think it's important for people to understand that and see how interconnected it all is. I mean, just the aluminum connects everything together. And again, also, it's our health. So if we're slowly being radiated and then slowly being um, our air being messed with, with toxins and chemicals and our immune system slowly being bogged down, we're becoming victims of this new world order nonsense. You know, it's it's a slow, steady burn towards Alzheimer's and dementia. And I'm not trying to be a victim of it. Maybe that's why I'm losing my hair at 21. <laughs> I hope I don't lose my hair. My hair, I... For some people that don't know me, my hair is like, what, 26, 27 inches long. So my hair is super long. My dad at my age had lost his hair years before. So I'm hoping I get my other side and it's not the 5G that's receding my hairlines. Yes, sir. Well, you never know. I think it's important to mitigate our exposure because we slowly absorb this radiation and show impacts of it. And that's a huge elephant in the room that nobody's really going to tell you or diagnose you with electrosensitivity or anything like that, then the telecom agencies would be wrong for what they're doing, you know. Real quick, big bad Bill Gates. What do you think he's playing as a role in this whole big mess catastrophe that's unfolding before us? Um, well, big Bill Gates is evil, definitely. He's gobbling up farmland. He's behind the dimming of the sun publicly, and he's gotten uh, Amazon on board, so now Bezos wants to dim the sun with him and whatnot, so that's evil. And he's behind a lot. He's behind these jabs and whatnot. But why would the New World Order give this boogeyman all this attention? 
I think it's part of creating disempowerment for us, the activists and the truth seekers and whatnot. So now we have a boogeyman and now we can point all of our fear and anger and um, worries on him and what he's the richest man on earth. You know, he's unstoppable. We can't do anything about him. He's probably a clone of his earlier self. And that lady who divorced him isn't even his original wife. So it's like they've got they've got wet body doubles and I mean, clones and probably like probably cyborg uh, AI robots from the future by now pretending to be be like Zuckerberg and, sh- and whatnot. Like um, the supercomputer that is dictating a lot of their decisions, it seems to think that we need some evil man to rally behind because ultimately they want us to fight them to lose. We're not going to win that war if we start to fight, you know, but they want us to fight. So we aren't going to fight if we don't have a boogeyman. We've been designed and programmed to have a, uh, a nemesis, an evil, you know, whether it's the penguin and Batman or whoever the arch nemesis is. And this superhero isn't going to step up and, and eventually we're going to step up and there's going to be some sort of revolution. But I think it'll be staged through a false flag and maybe there'll be an attempted. I don't even know what, you know, maybe one of the cyborgs of Bill Gates will get killed through a false flag psyop. And then some stupid war will start, you know, but in their own, on their terms, they're going to create this war. And it's going to be a, a fight that, you know, we can't and shouldn't even participate in. But we might get sucked into it to honor the truth in a weird way. It's going to be weird. But I think it's psychological. You know, I think, yeah, we have a lot to worry about him, but we shouldn't worry about him at all because the media and the New World Order, they're very smart. They don't need to tell us that Bill Gates is buying up farmland to enslave us or whatever. Like his farmland is going to be the only one that gets sunlight or something, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's, they're pushing the envelope. I think that the supercomputer that they're feeding the information into, you know, is quantum computer that they did the event 201 with and what have you. They literally gave it the data and the supercomputer was like, try anal swabs, see how they react. And then they, <laughs> and then they, they ran that around the world and everyone got a little pissy and nobody, you know, really did it. Um, I, I was on a show the other day, Conspiracy Castle, this podcast host out of Austin. He went to Rite Aid and a bunch of places on camera begging for the anal swab. Um, cause he wanted to joke, I mean, as a satire, um, which was kind of funny cause they just still wouldn't give it to him. He's like, well, I gotta know if I've got it. You know, can you please swab my anus? Um, so that's funny. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the supercomputer wants to get us to a point that we're fighting a battle we cannot win. And that's the slow and slippery slope of hatred and anger towards one figurehead, I believe. I don't know. I've thought about it a lot, but that's what I think that they're trying to pull because they don't have to do what they're doing. They don't have to have one guy that's the evil bidding behind all of these things and he's getting slammed on Instagram and all that stuff. And it's not getting censored and all of this, you know, attention is coming to him as the guy who's going to dim the sun and give you the jab and buy up your farmland and freaking enslave you. It's like, you know, and he's a nerdy computer guy and everyone's like, I could take him. It's just weird. Psychologically, I think that if it was just like the American government, the American war machine, the, the American public would be like, there's no way we can buck that. We can't fight that. They got stealth bombers and Navy SEALs and all that. But now they're like, enraged because of Bill Gates and maybe he'll show his evil bidding a little more and get people to fight. And that's what the computer wants. The computer wants us to fight. That's it. 
because then they can sidestep the real revolutionary um, occurrence, whether it be a spiritual revolution or a real war, whatever that's supposed to be in the stars, whatever our true destiny holds. The computer knows that, too. And it's trying to figure out a way to get us to not go there and to get us to fight each other in a race war, whatever it may be. But I think that the fear and the anger and the resentment, it's being um, it's being cultivated. It's being cultivated in a very strategic way. You know, it's like I, was, I was trying to tell everyone that Bill Gates was trying to dim the sun year, years ago and nobody cared. Nobody knew. But now everyone knows because the media did that. Why? Everyone's already in this space of fear. They're trying to steer that energy into something even weirder and get us fighting one another and, and all of that. I also think like um, the country, my, my state of Oregon, the, the mayor said, we're making the mask mandate permanent inside and out. So if you're going to be inside or outside, you have to wear the mask permanently forever. OK, there's no end in sight. So why would she pull some shit like that? I think. It's to dismantle the people who've been wearing their masks all this time. The people that wear their masks, when they see me without the mask, I can see it in their eyes. They think to themselves, I'm playing my part and I have to do this because of you. And if you would put on your mask, I would not have to wear this as long and we'd get out of this sooner. But now because of you, now there's this indefinite, I have to wear this mask forever. And eventually the computer knows that there's a tipping point. That after time and no light at the end of the tunnel, over time, over time, over time, people are going to snap, given the right frequency, given the right media, given the right all this stuff, and they will eventually snap and turn on their enemy, which is supposedly me, the person that's representing truth by not blocking their airway to walk down the street. You know what I mean? I, just, I think it's calculated, and it's the frequency war. That's my answer. Matt, this has been an amazing conversation. I want to leave off with two things. Do you think that Bill Gates and Zuckerberg are lizards? And what do you want people of the U.S., your state, the world to get from this conversation? And tell us what you got going on in the next couple months. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, come spring, I'm going to do a tour around the United States. I want to work on Frankenstein's too, but also um, rally the tribe. You know, we need to find our people. And I'm going to do like a truth tour of musicians and whatnot and see where our people are, where are where are our people, because we need to find each other and come together and know that we're not alone. The powers that be want us to think that we're isolated and that, you know, everyone's lining up for this. And there's so much truth prevalent everywhere. And we need to come together and honor that. And so I'll be getting on the road in the spring. And I'm really excited about that. Um, in terms of a takeaway here, I want people to know how powerful that we are in just a frequency. We're incredibly powerful, but just the word healthy self, if you break it down, the word healthy self, it means it, it spells heal thyself. Okay. We have all the information that we need to actually like elevate our frequency and rise above all of this, you know, and be like a co-creator manifester and create the whole new world that we desire but first we need to know how powerful we are about it, or just our own bodies we can embrace the truth honor it detox chelate and and really be the highest vibration healthiest happy human that we can possibly be so that's something that everyone needs to know i think everyone should honor our humanity by knowing your neighbor too 
community is going to be the best thing we can get out of all this instead of the divisive techniques, tactics that they want. We should be identifying with the humanity of each other. And I don't care what your medical records are. We all bleed red. We're all human. And we should just get together and play a freaking game of basketball and um, breathe freely and, and screw it. You know, we all, we're all together in this. I think that the powers that be want us divided and we should just get out the monopoly board or whatever it may be, play a game of poker with the neighborhood or have a barbecue, whatever. When the system comes unfolding and you know your neighbor's name, okay, it's going to make a world of freaking difference. I mean, imagine your neighbor's black and you've gone and you've, and you're white and you've befriended your neighbor and you guys are now buddies. Regardless of your stance on, in the world, when the shit hits the fan and they're telling you there's a race war happening, you guys are going to still be cool, you know? And instead of literally like killing each other because of what the media tells you to do, you're still going to be having your barbecues and whatnot. And it's a very powerful but simple thing to embrace your humanity and your love for each other because it's a slow, slippery slope. They're trying to get us to hate one another. It's, it's not fair and it's um, actually trickery. We live in a free will zone, a free will world. But what they're doing is they're polarizing two sides of lies and they're giving us two options, lies or lies. And so we're being tricked and it's not fair. It's not fair at all. And I know that we can all rise above it. Um, and uh, the last thing, what did you, you asked three questions. What was the third one? Oh, two questions. I asked if you think that Bill Gates and uh, Zuckerberg are the lizard people of the yeah. cabal. Um, they're soulless. And um, like when you see Zuckerberg like talking to Congress and his eyes are blacked out and whatnot, like did he lose his soul? Um, has he is this a, the cloned version of him? Is this has the AI been completely invaded that body? You know, um, there's a dystopian future where we're con- where humanity is convinced that we do not have a soul and that we can transfer consciousness digitally, and that will be where we kind of abandon God and go towards technology. And that is like a slippery slope towards a satanic agenda, you know? So maybe these evil a-holes have already transferred their consciousness and they're walking around in a soulless body. Um, is a soulless body like a uh, reptilian? Are there reptiles actually shape-shifting reptilians like in the movie? Um, uh, what's the movie where they live? You know, is it a real actual they live world? Quite possibly. And as our um, frequency or our timeline or our dimension does not elevate and does not ascend, I think we might mesh into a timeline that is not supposed to be meshed with. You know, we're supposed to be rising. There's other parallel timelines that are rising with us. And maybe there's a really weird, dark reptilian timeline that's rising to get to where we're at. And we're supposed to be totally going beyond consciousness, beyond uh, physicality. We're supposed to be having a utopia. And if we stagnate, we might intersect with that or something. I'm not really too sure about all that. Is there an inner earth? Um, how big is this realm that we're on? Um, are there underground civilizations, even uh, inner, inner earth, uh, sun and all that stuff? The reptilian thing, I'm not 100% on. I know that there's a lot of lies and a lot of questions. And I know that those people, I don't like calling them people. Um, there's probably some, some evil gray aliens and probably some reptilians and probably some AI from the future that's super nefarious and evil. Um, and they're all working in tangent to try to enslave the souls of humanity. That seems like what's going on. So to answer your question, probably, 
and I love you guys. And thanks for having me on. <laughs> thanks a lot, Matt. It was an awesome conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We were sure. honored to have you on and, uh, Thank you again for joining us on the Declassified Discussions. Yeah, it was great. I look forward to next time. And thank you so much, guys. And I hope we can meet in person next year. Hushlings, join us next time. Give your attention to Slick Frock Sanders and the Mollywop Band. And good night.